Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside Voice. I'm your host, James Poulter, and this is the podcast that goes behind the scenes of Voice Summit, the event coming back to you in Newark, New Jersey this July with speakers from all over the world, subjects that you are just going to love. We've basically got 18 conferences jammed into one over three days at NJIT in Newark, New Jersey, and we would love if you would come and join us. If you have not yet signed up to speak, there is a few days left to get your submission in head over to voicesummit.ai and you can do that there on this episode of inside voice i speak with mr kane sims he is the host of the vux world podcast that he hosts every week with dustin coates and if you've not heard the show i would thoroughly recommend it here from us on inside voice dustin was at the conference in newark last year and both of them will be joining us again in newark this year for voice summit and they'll also be attending a number of other events coming up in the uk and around the world in the next few weeks kane has got a wonderful and varied background and in this interview with him he speaks a little bit about what he's learned from previously working in all sorts of areas like research and ux and what he brings now to the voice field in this interview you'll hear some great tips and i think some real recommendations of things to go and listen to further if you want to check out the podcast he'll talk about it in the show you can go find it on all places that podcasts are sold well given away for free like this one which is just vux world go find it wherever you can get it okay this is kane sims from vux world on inside voice from voice summit Well, uh, the man himself who knows more about what's going on in the world of voice than just about anybody because he talks to everybody in this space, Mr. Kane Sims. How you doing, man? I'm all right. Thank you for that. Yeah. I might, I might chop that out and put that in the intro of the podcast. <laughs> you, you mentioned the podcast. T- tell us, for those people that don't know already, and I'm sure there are not many people that haven't heard at least one episode, tell us the podcast that you're referring to. It's uh, VUX World uh, is the podcast, which celebrated its one-year anniversary about two weeks ago. Um, so we've been going for a year. We've got, I don't know, 60 or 70 episodes. I, I, I don't tend to put the episode count on there, so I'm kind of losing count at the minute, but it's up to 60 or 70 or so. Um, yeah, and we've just spent the last year, as you said, speaking to, you know, everyone we can get hold of in the industry, um, uh, just kind of picking their brains about how they do what they do, really. Uh, the main kind of aim of it is is to, to get into sort of details on the practicalities of creating and designing and developing uh, voice experiences, covering everything from from strategy to design to development and just getting really hands-on and, and kind of speaking about the details of how to go about doing it. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been going really well. And you do the show with Dustin Coates as well, your colleague over in the US. So you have this like unique perspective, I think, and probably only mirrored in the same setup that we have over here on Inside Voice of this UK and US view of the world. Just tell us a little bit about some of the differences you've maybe noticed between the people that you're speaking to based here in the UK versus those that you speak to in the US. Do you notice any difference? in the industry at the moment uh i don't know really i mean dustin is based in paris um although he travels to the us quite a lot and just for background on dustin he works at algolia managing the voice search for algolia uh, he's a google developer expert just published his book uh, voice assistance with amazon alexa and google assistant so he's, he's one of the few people that can say when people talk about voice he can say that he wrote the book on it which is uh which is, <laughs> which is that's a nice um, line isn't it <laughs> it is yeah 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 people you know getting the t-shirt is a bit old hat isn't it but writing the book is uh yeah that's, that's, that's the new uh, thing immense. that's the thing yeah um so I don't, in terms of the differences to be honest 
last year, at the back end of last year, the reflections that I was having is that America, uh, they're just a little bit further ahead, you know. So if you look at um, most agencies in this country who are trying to sort of pivot themselves into voice tend to, it's only making up probably about 20% of their workload um, aside from the the dedicated voice agencies that are popping up like, uh, you know, like Vixen Labs and Say It Now and, and um, Rabbit and Pork and stuff like that. <clears throat> but for the established ones who are trying to kind of bring it into the fold, it, it's only, it's not making up a large amount of their work. Whereas you compare that to um, America and you've got, you know, full dedicated full-time uh, agencies like Rain Agency working with, you know, Nike and Unilever and all of the kind of top kind of brands. So my reflections last year was that America is probably just a little bit further ahead. But to be honest, there's you in Europe in general, there's all kinds of really interesting things happening. You know, I read something yesterday about uh, there's a Dutch bank who's kind of released the first, for the first time on Google Assistant, you can check your bank balance, which is pretty impressive. And there's you know, people pushing boundaries. Uh, we had we had um, Rosina Sound on the podcast recently. They were the, the uh, company behind the Hidden Cities Berlin Google action. Um, you know, world's first, voice first, interactive documentary. Um, there's about 90 minutes worth of content there. Um, it was a collaboration between the Financial Times and Google. So I don't know whether I'd say, I still think it's probably a little bit ahead and I think we're probably a little bit further behind. But in terms of the work that's going on and the kind of companies that are spouting up and the kind of work that's being done, I don't think we're, I don't think there's a huge differences really. The understanding certainly in the UK, the understanding has really come on in the last 12 months. And I think that mentally and intellectually, I think we're, we're at the same level. I think it's maybe there's not quite as much uh, rigor in the application over here just now. And Kane, for those people that maybe don't know you so well, obviously you speak a lot to uh, people working in the industry in all different sorts of parts of it. Those people are working in the tech layer, building new companies, people in agencies building stuff, and then just solo entrepreneurs and creators. But you've come into this whole voice world from a slightly different background. Maybe just tell people a little bit about yourself and where you've come from, because we don't always hear that on the show when we're listening to you. Good point. Yeah. Um, so my background is fairly, uh, fairly varied, but everything kind of points to this in some way, shape or form. Like I started when I was about 14, I started kind of thinking I could write raps and stuff like that and make music and all that lot. So I was, I was a kind of wannabe rapper from about 14. Um, but that ended up me going in, you know, at uni and studying music technology and stuff like that. And then I got into sound editing, worked on a couple of films here and there. Um, so my kind of, my my early years, so to speak, from probably fourteen to like twenty one, twenty two, was all in audio, audio creation, audio production, sound design, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I found it quite hard to to turn that into any kind of career, really, because it was just around when MP3s are kind of you know the piracy and all that kind of stuff were kind of kicking around. The music industry was struggling quite a bit, so I ended up going back to uni and studied marketing. And then I was working at an agency for a while, and I was really interested in the sort of digital side of things. So I was working on a whole bunch of mobile campaigns, and then started getting involved in um, more of the sort of technical end and, and working with agencies to build out, you know, content management systems and, and various things like that. Um, and then that kind of got me interested in the user experience side of things. So then I started working on user experience. I was a consultant for, for a while, training organizations up in user-centric design and agile design and user research and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, meanwhile, on the side, I was a freelance writer. So I was writing for agencies and, and publications across the globe, really, on, on digital marketing and, and web technologies and stuff like that, user experience design. Um, and then more recently, I've been working in local government, uh, working uh, managing the digital team at Tunbridge Wells. And, and our kind of remit really is to transform the organization from you know, a paper-based, uh, spreadsheet-based organization to one that uses technology more effectively and, and in more of a customer-centric kind of way so you know from from audio production to kind of user-centric design to service design to writing you know it's all kind of points in the direction of uh of kind of voice user experience creation and that's kind of why i ended up found starting the podcast uh initially was that it was something that seemed everything that I'd done, all the experience and skills that I've got seemed to just kind of align themselves to this. So I started the podcast really as a way of just learning more about it. You know, that was kind of the first and foremost. I just wanted to soak up as much knowledge as I possibly could. Um, and then I thought as I started kind of going through learning and, and speaking to people and building a bit of a network, it, we I kind of tried to put the podcast right into the middle of the community because if I'm learning from it, then surely other people will. And obviously as your knowledge advances, the topic areas advance and the subject matters that you cover get a little bit more detailed and in-depth and now really you know the our core listeners are uh, people who work within kind of voice design so VUI designers and developers who are building out as you said you know technology companies who are building out technologies companies and agencies who are working on creating these experiences and then we have we have still some hobbyists that listen as well but actually also more interest is uh, in recent months from from agencies and from brands as well so we kind of we kind of hit the core of the community really and that's kind of where we've tried to put ourselves is right in the heart of the community um, and everything we've done has been no promotion whatsoever we haven't promoted it whatsoever apart from just having a twitter handle and just being part of the community so and we've seen the community really take hold of it as well and share the podcast all over the place and i can see those themes that you're mentioning of your own background coming out again and again in the people that you've spoken to obviously you mentioned the guys over at um, rain agency you've spoken with Breed laser recently and uh, you know even yours truly has made it on for at least one episode but I can see that those themes that you've been talking about in your career are very much reflected in many people that come now to work in voice. Maybe just tell us a couple of the things that you are seeing beginning to pull through from that broader digital background. I'm particularly interested, obviously, you started off by calling the show VUX World and this whole user experience and user-centered design. Just maybe tell listeners who are maybe earlier to this phase, perhaps they're coming to Voice Summit this year uh, in July in Newark for the first time with maybe little knowledge. How much of what we've learned over the past couple of decades of ux work can actually be transposed into voice where are you seeing there's opportunities to do that i think quite a lot of it I mean, we've just spoke to nick carey of uh, potato uh, he works out in san francisco but potato have got an office in london they've worked on a lot of the headline grabbing skills which can't really discuss ndas and all that kind of stuff but um he one of the we kind of got into this with him and the practices in general certainly and, and we had Ben Sauer on the podcast as well for those that don't know about Ben Sauer you should check him out he's a really really knowledgeable chap and the conversation we had with him it's, it's so much of it is kind of similar so in terms of from the beginning and from the strategy side of things in terms of I mean, one thing that Ben mentions all the time is building the right thing in the first place so you know when we say um, I'll, I'll skip back a bit and i'll come back to that so the reason why we called it voice user experience world vux world is because i think when i first got involved in user experience design i kind of initially thought it was just the interaction part of it you know the ui i thought that was what experience design was but in reality 
user experience encompasses every single element of something. So the reason why I call it Video X World is because it, it covers the strategy, the strategic side. You have to build the right thing in the first place and you have to build something that's going to benefit the business in some way, shape or form and benefit your users. So right from the very beginning in terms of finding a strategic angle and finding something that's actually worth doing, that's all part of the experience because the experience is going to be terrible if you start building the wrong thing. And then right through to the design. So the actual interaction design, the UI part of it, we discussed that as well. But then all of the design and the strategic positioning is completely pointless unless you can actually bring it to life. And you need the technology and you need the development skills to do that. So the, the VUX, I think people people think it's a voice a design podcast, whereas actually it encompasses everything from strategy to design to development. Um, so going back to the question in terms of what typical or traditional UX skills are, are kind of applied to voice, it is that. It's the same kind of thing. All of the discovery work that you would do in a, in a user-centric design project, identifying who your users are, what their core pain points are, what their needs are, you know, where the alignment is between the user needs and the aims of the business, what your business aims are, you know, all of those kind of things to try and establish what it is that you should be building, all of that kind of prototyping and testing and all of that kind of ideation and all of those things that happen in most projects will still happen in a voice project the difference really is when it comes to actually sitting down and designing something you're then designing almost you're designing a conversation as such or if you're not designing a conversation so if it's not something that's like um you know an immersive interactive audio experience like a game or an interactive story where there's a lot of conversation design even if you're designing something that is simply just a one-shot thing like a request and response thing so you know alexa do something then behind the scenes there's a whole lot of design work to be done behind the scenes because oftentimes the simplest command requires a shed load of back-end engineering so it's all of the architecture and all of the pushing and pulling and that's where the service design part comes in because it's almost like a you've got a process map potentially for the conversation design but then you've also got a process map behind the scenes for all the integrations and apis and just the general flow of data and stuff like that so there's lots of similarities but when it comes to the actual getting down to do the design itself the specifics of the design part are different but then the similarities happen throughout the design as well because you'll have regular usability testing you'll have regular user research sessions so the practices and the fundamentals are the same but the, it's just the specifics of getting into the details of the design that are different. And that's kind of where UX professionals coming from kind of graphical user interfaces, they've got the framework already, but where they probably need assistance and where actually it's probably worth sometimes bringing in specific skill sets for this is the conversation design part. Because it's not the same as visual design. It's not the same as creating a, a website. That's right, yeah. Creating a conversation is, is an entirely <laughs> different beast. Yeah, completely. I mean, we see that every day in the work that we're doing at Vixen as well. So I, I think we see that as being exactly you're describing that you're constantly having to think about these new conversation paradigms but maybe to talk about the way of working as well obviously you also mentioned things like scrum and agile these methodologies that again have become very popular in recent years in the ways of managing these big digital projects and they're often because mm -hmm. the projects are so big that you have to break them down into these smaller user stories and be able to take them in week in week out is that something you're also seeing is applicable to the voice world when you're talking to people on the podcast or even you're know, looking at your own projects yeah everybody uses the kind of iterative design uh, cycle and you kind of have to there's a, there's a really good um kind of diagram or graph rather if you imagine the uh, left hand side axis is uh technology under, understanding of technology and the bottom axis from left to right is your understanding of your requirements and in the middle 
you need to assess in order to determine whether or not you should be working in an agile way or a waterfall way, you need to assess what your level of understanding of the technology is and what your level of understanding of the requirements are. So if you're 100% certain about the technology that you're using and you're 100% certain about the requirements that you need to build, then you don't need Agile. You know, you can define all your requirements up front. You know how the technology works, so you can just go ahead and build it. <clears throat> so that's why buildings work quite well like that. If you're going to build a building, then you'll know your requirements because you can sit there and you can gather your requirements up front. You know the technology because building contractors have built plenty of buildings in their time. So you can use a waterfall approach for that. If you don't understand your technology and you don't understand your requirements, then there's no way that you can pre-plan for it. You can't define your requirements up front if you don't know what they are. And you can't define your requirements up front if you don't know what the technology is capable of. So that's why Agile in voice, and, and you mentioned Scrum there, Scrum is a fantastic tool in voice because all it does is it takes two-week cycles or even one-week cycles if it's if it's something that you really don't have a clue about. Uh, and all it does is it allows you to develop on the one thing that you can get a grasp of and then learn about it. So the whole concept is that every two-week period, you're then learning a little bit more about your requirements and learning a little bit more about your technology. So one of the real good things that, that I mean, we've even done this um, with the service design stuff is that you start with something you can grasp, start with something that you can get hold of, start with something that you fairly, you know, you can have a stab at. But then you'll spend a little bit of your time investigating. So throughout a, you know, throughout a two-week sprint, you would have something that, that you would have a goal, you would have a name, you'd have something that you either want to learn or something that you want to prove within that two-week period period but then you'll dedicate a little bit of time to trying to learn a little bit more about what what you might need to do in the next two weeks so you might do a little bit of user research you might do a little bit of smoke testing you might do a little bit of you know rapid prototyping and testing all just to kind of try and get a grip on what the requirements are and what the technology is capable of so that's fundamentally why i think for voice agile works really well is because generally speaking when we first enter and certainly people who are entering this for the first time they don't really understand what the technology is capable of and they don't really understand the requirements there's nothing really else you can do other than take an iterative kind of agile approach with it We'll be back with Kane in just a moment, but first of all, I wanted to give you a little insight into what Voice Summit was like in 2018. If you haven't yet signed up for tickets, you can do that now. Head to voicesummit.ai and you can sign up to speak, to sponsor, and of course, to come along. Here's what happened in Newark in 2018. We are excited to host the 2018 Voice Summit. We look forward to seeing you here. Welcome to Voice. People are starting to engage in new and different ways. We're so used to tapping, swiping, pinching, but now we're starting to use our voice. That's just getting started. We had you know, specialty sessions on FinTech and retail and entertainment. Over 250 hours of content overall. How many people are content creators in the world? Alexa, how can you help me with my diabetes care? Alexa in education and the revolution is coming. Um, the session that I liked the most was one with Prudential. They gave out Apple Watches and iPads, so that was really fun. It was great to see everybody come together for this new phase of technology that we call Voice First. We set a goal of having 1,500 people here, but we hit 3,000. We doubled our goal in four months. Tells me a lot about this community, tells me a lot about this city as a place to hold a conference. It's been outstanding to really expose Newark to a demographic and an audience of people who have never been here, and that is what makes this a huge success. 
I want to thank Pete for embracing the city of Newark and thinking that we did so great that he wants the planet to be here again next year in 2019. This Voice First community is just getting started and it's global in scale. I think we had uh, attendees from 15 different countries. Everybody that was here is sort of a seed that's been planted for the future of this conference. Now, most of the projects that you guys have featured on the podcast in recent weeks and months have many of them have got a kind of entertainment lens. Um, if I think back to you mentioned the hidden um, cities within Berlin, you've also kind of had other projects that have been coming from uh, you know many of the creative shops around the world. Where do you see the future of the next few months? Are we going to just continue to head down this creative lens where people are just going to create more and more things that are essentially consumptive content, where it's much more around that? Yeah. I suppose creative side or is there opportunity to actually have more utility being built where, where do you see the focus shifting to in the in the coming months i think focus is starting to shift on you to utility there was a really good um case study from and we've mentioned rain a few times but rain recently just worked with nike and in february there was a, a lakers versus new york kind of basketball game and at half time nike uh, launched a new pair of trainers or sneakers for, for our US audience. They actually put them on sale at halftime in the middle of the basketball game and they were launched through Google Assistant. So people were encouraged to go to Google Assistant to interact with the, the Nike action. They were taken through a bit of a conversation. They were told about the athletes. They were told about the background to the shoes and the sneakers being made. And at the end, they were sent um, either to the Nike store to uh, buy a pair or they also actually uh, created some freebies so for some random people who didn't know about it beforehand they got a free pair of these new trainers that are just being launched like that minute so i definitely think that utility is starting to to come about i think i'm kind of just being developing my thinking on this literally over the last kind of week or two and i think that we've we've kind of got a few different ways that you can approach it. And you mentioned that we've had a lot of kind of creative stuff on the podcast recently. And that's just because there's there's a lot of stuff happening and a lot of kind of um, boundaries being pushed or experiments happening in the creative space at the moment. Um, but the way I, I kind of think about it is audio. So you've, on the one hand, you've got audio, just audio. This podcast, for example, is just audio. Audio is having a, a bit of a comeback, isn't it? Podcasts are, are kind of being, you know, downloaded and pe- lots and lots of more people <laughs> listen to podcasts. We, like to think- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hope so, yeah. Um, and things like, I even listen to articles now. I don't really read much. I use Pocket. I put all the articles that I want to read in a Pocket and then I listen to them on a morning, you know, Do while you really? I'm feeding the baby. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're actually consuming that short form content in that way as well. Do you think there's a, there's a future opportunity for that too? Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll just finish off on, on this uh this skill i think of it as a scale so you've got audio on one side that's just purely audio that's just you know reading articles podcasts news bulletins you can't really interact with that and then you've got moving up the scale from kind of left to right then you've got interactive audio and the hidden cities berlin is a good example of that you've had john from earplay on uh the past few weeks fantastic interactive audio creators they are you know they'll they create really immersive rich audio content so that's taking just an audio stream and breaking it up with some interactivity and you've got kind of like the interactive stories and games and stuff being a part of that and then you go a little bit further down so if you go to the very other end of the scale you've got pure utility which is 
you know, send me a calendar, create a calendar invite, send me a reminder, you know, when's my package being delivered? And then you've got that kind of bit in between the interactive audio and in between the uh, pure utility, which is where it's it's interactivity to lead to utility, if that makes sense. So the Virgin Trains example is, is a good example of that. You have to get a conversation out of someone so that you can provide the utility. You need to take, you need to get certain answers to certain questions or gather certain pieces of data in order for you to, give them a train ticket you need to know where they're leaving from what time how many tickets they want you know then you need to tell them how much it is you need to get them to agree to pay to it then you need to give them the ticket so you need to get some information so there's a bridge in between pure all-out utility and interaction which i think is where the conversation design stuff is needed where you need to have a conversation in order to provide the utility and i think we're seeing things from all ends of that scale so the audio side you've got bbc skill which just plays the radio station you can't interact with it you've got earplay and rosina sound with the hidden cities berlin who are doing the interactive audio you've got virgin trains who are kind of in the middle where they're providing the utility but they require a little bit of engagement to get there and then you've got you know there was an example of the royal mail that just had a last post date skill before Christmas and all you did is just say Royal, Royal, Royal Mail when is the last time I can send a parcel to New Zealand and it will say Thursday the 20th of December that's just pure utility so I think we're seeing stuff th- from throughout that scale and I actually think often you'll probably start maybe at one end and you might actually venture down to the other end depending on the kind of brand you are that's fantastic overview came that is so helpful i think for many people listening to see that there's opportunities at all of these different stages we're pretty much out of time so i just want to ask you a couple of uh, things specifically about the podcast one if people want to go and check out an episode obviously they can go all the way back to the start they can dive in at the most recent but maybe give us a couple of suggestions of things that people should go and listen to in the feed um, particularly if they're early in this phase of beginning to understand and learn about voice uh so interesting ones the some the one with you is pretty good i would recommend that voice first strategy with james Porter. that's a pretty good one that wasn't too long ago um some of the some of the interesting ones that we've had some really good feedback on is the one with joel beckerman which is all about scoring voice experiences so this is all about sound design and how you can make sound turn an experience from something that's fairly flat and mundane into something that is engaging and interactive and with there's examples there of where they've actually done some testing where they've had a, an alexa skill without any sound and an alexa skill with some sound and with the sound increases the engagement by something like 35 percent and increases the likelihood of people returning by something like 50 or something like that it's really really impactful stuff so that's a really good one with joel beckerman um on the, on the design side a really good one is with uh, paul jackson of the bbc so we talk about the bbc cbb's skill and all of the kind of nuances of the way they've approached the design and some of the techniques that they've used and stuff like that is really really interesting i mentioned ben sauer earlier the, the one with ben sauer is really really good from a strategic perspective as well uh that's interesting there's there's a whole host of stuff there's one with hans van damme which is all about copy and conversation design dialogue writing and dialogue design um you know it's 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 absolutely endless there's absolutely loads there if you just go to vux.world they're all there or you can go to any podcast player that you use you can ask alexa to ask any pod to play vux world you can ask um you know google home to play the vux world podcast you know it's it's available wherever you get podcasts from essentially and in, you know in there's all good podcasting of... stores yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very good yeah, well yeah we've very much encouraged listeners uh, to inside voice if you want to go and check out VUX World. My recommendation, go to vux.world slash voice18 and you'll go hear the episode that recapped all of the stuff that came out of last year's Voice Summit in Newark. And Kane, we're looking forward to seeing you and Dustin and the team uh, back with us in Newark in July. 
big thanks there to Kane Sims from VUX World. As I said, you can go check out the podcast wherever you can get your podcasts, VUX World. And while you're over there, why not leave us a review and rating as well? We would love it if you would do that. If you've not yet registered for tickets for Voice Summit, you can still do that. Head to voicesummit.ai and there's still one week left for you to submit your ideas if you would like to come and speak, host a workshop, or of course, sponsor the conference. All of that information over on the website, voicesummit.ai. I'll be back next week with another episode of Inside Voice. Until then, why not leave us a review or rating over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you again soon on Inside Voice.